year, 2018, and we're going into 2019, uh, the Lord led me to this uh, topic this morning that I've entitled The High Cost of Low Living. The High Cost of Low Living. And uh, I think, again, when you, when you consider our lives, uh, there's a lot of examples, and I don't know why, hopefully it'll come true in the lesson this morning, but uh, God led me to the passage here about the life of Samson, and really we're going to take a, a look at the tail end of Samson's life, and we're going to make some application uh, to our lives, and hopefully we're not going to end up like Samson we're going to be making wise decisions going into 2019. But look what the Bible says in chapter 16, verse number 20. And we'll read to the end of the chapter. The Bible says, And she said to Samson, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. And he did grind in the prison house, howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their God, and, and uh, to rejoice. For they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people uh, saw him... They praised their God. Notice all these words for God is little letter G. It says, they praised their God and they said, our God had delivered into our hands our enemy and the, the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, call for Samson that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house. And he made them sport, and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me, that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about three thousand men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord. And said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, for this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand and the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Esteol in the burying place of Manoah, his father. And he judged Israel 20 years. Now, as we think about this, I was reminded of a time in Benjamin Franklin's life where Benjamin Franklin was just a little boy, seven years old. And uh, the story goes that a visitor came to Ben Franklin and he gave him a, a handful of small pocket change. And later, Franklin saw another boy, he was playing with something, and Franklin looked over and saw this shiny object and realized that it was a whistle, 
And so he gave, uh, Ben Franklin gave all the money that was given to him to this little boy for this whistle. He played with the whistle all over the house, enjoyed that little whistle, until one day he discovered that he had given four times as much as the whistle was worth. He had given four times the value of that little bitty whistle. Instantly, that whistle that he loved so much lost its charm. As Franklin grew older, this principle was something that became a part of his life. When he saw a man maybe neglecting his family, or when Franklin saw a, a business for political popularity, or he saw what oftentimes he called a miser giving up friendship for the sake of accumulating wealth, Here's what Franklin would say. He's paying too much for his whistle. He's paying too much for his whistle. Have you ever overpaid for something? Yeah, you buy that car thinking you got a great deal, and then you realize that they were the ones that got the great deal on you. Uh, a lot of times what we, what we do is we pay too much for something, too often too high of a price for something that looks good and promises to be so good. But the reality is, is just like in Samson's life, if you play with fire, eventually you're going to get burned. And this is what we see in so many lives today. It's kind of like when uh, people go fishing and, and, and they, they, they take the bait and they put it on a hook into a fish, it looks so attractive until they partake of it, and then they themselves become the food instead of uh, getting that food. But can I tell you, in our lives this year, we need to make sure that we, unlike Samson, that we're not fooled, that the world will try to offer like it did to Franklin. It'll try to offer things to us like whistles that really aren't worth the price. Uh, when we think about the text this morning in the life of Samson, it's a tragic text. You think about this man who paid too much for his whistle. Samson lost his power. He lost his position. He lost his testimony because he valued, listen, here's the key. When you study his life, what he valued the most was the sin in his life more than God in his life. People live their lives for the things of this world. And the Bible says you cannot... Uh, serve God and mammon. We have to understand that we've got to make a choice. And as we enter into 2019, let's take a closer look at Samson's life. And, you know, as I spent some time this week, I thought to myself, how did Samson fail? Uh, what can I do to avoid those same kind of trouble in my life? Because, look, I'd much rather someone else like Samson or whoever it may be make the mistake instead of me making the mistake? Uh, how did he fail? And let's learn this morning about what the high cost of low living will cost us, all the problems. And, and listen, this is the best part is, what are some of the solutions that God offers to us? Because God does give us some solutions. And when I think about Samson's life, it all begins with the potential of his life. When I think about this young man, if we took the time you could go back to chapter number 13 where you read about a man by the name of Manoah. This was Samson's father. 
And, and this man, just like any other uh, a, a father or a husband that wanted children, uh, he wanted a child. And, and we find that as God gave him this son, that we see, first of all, that Samson was extraordinary in his advent. At the beginning of his life, you see that his birth was something that was announced by a visit from the Lord. The Bible tells us that the Lord told uh, his mother that she would have a son and that this, this boy was going to be special, that he was going to have a certain special vow on his life and that uh, God had special plans for him. And I think about this, go back to chapter 13 for just a second. Look what it says here in chapter 13. And again, the, look at the first verse. This kind of gives us the context of why God allowed Manoah to have this son. It says in verse 1, the children of Israel did evil again, notice the word, in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. So here you have God's people that are supposed to be living a holy life, that are supposed to be living a devoted life to God, but instead they're living a life that is not pleasing to the Lord. Uh, they're living away from God. And the Bible says in, in verse number uh, 5, it says of chapter 13, Lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And look at these words. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Now, you know what that means is God was going to use this child, Samson, to begin to draw God's people away from the things of this world and get them focused back on God. How many of you think it's a good thing to focus on what thus saith the Lord, what God wants for our lives instead of what this world would offer to us? Folks, listen, I'm not interested in what this world has to offer me in 2019. The only thing I want to know is what does God want for me in 2019? And if look, God may use a circumstance this year. God may use a person this year. I'll tell you what God certainly will do. He will use his word in your life in this year. How God will guide you by his word. And God was telling them, listen, this boy, he is extraordinary from the beginning of his life in his advent. But notice, secondly, that he was a young man that was extraordinary in his accomplishments. I mean, when you hear the word Samson, what's one of the first things you think of? strength, right? He was the strong man in the Bible. Now again, we all know that that strength came from the Lord. God was the one who allowed this man to accomplish the things that he did. I see, as you study the Word of God, the energy that Samson had, how that he, he killed a lion and he did great feats of strength. Look at Judges there, and you know it's Judges 16.3. Here's one account. Samson lay until midnight and he rose at midnight, took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of an hill that is before Hebron. I mean, recently we were in the Holy Land and, and we, were, we were looking at a lot of the architecture and a lot of the buildings can I tell you that, listen, when you talk about doors and posts and things like that, remember how big some of those were, Roman? I mean, it, these things are huge and heavy, and they weigh a lot. And, and he just picked them up like they were just tissue paper, you know? 
And God gave him the strength to do supernatural things. And when we were back in, in Missouri and, and we were there for my father's uh, uh, viewing and that right before the funeral, there were a lot of folks that were coming through the line. And we were, we were for me, it was kind of a trip down memory lane. I've been gone for 25 years from that area and a lot of people I hadn't seen. And this, this one uh, lady came through and, and she says, uh, I don't know if you remember me. She says, I'm Wendy Olendorf. And I said, yeah, I remember you. And she looked at me and she goes, you do? And I said, yeah, I remember you're a friend of my sister's. And I said, you had a brother named Rock. And she said, yeah. She goes, everybody knows Rock. And I said, and I said man, I said, I'll never forget. I was, about, I was about 11 or 12 years old. And in the Midwest, it's, it would, it, our winters, when I was a kid, winters were very harsh in the Midwest. We got a lot of snow and things like that back then. It's not, they get weather, but not as bad. But I, I'll never forget one year, we were, we were one of our favorite places where we were sleigh riding. And uh, we had those, you remember those, those sleds on rails that had the thing like that, the Red Rider sleds and that? I saw one of those the other day, almost bought it, but then I thought, where would I use that in South Florida? <laughs> Maybe take it to the beach. I don't know. But uh, yeah, put some wheels on it. But, but, uh, but I, we were out there on our sleds going down this hill. And, and it, was, it was on the backside of a college right there in town. And what was really cool was the college students, they ran a, a bunch of garden hoses out of the dormitories and they iced down the slopes. I mean, it was so, it was so much fun. I mean, it was like sliding on glass. We were riding down. We had ramps. I mean, as a matter of fact, I busted my sled out there that one year because I went off a ramp and just shattered under. It was awesome. And, and, so, and so we were out there, and all of a sudden, I saw this guy walking across, coming over towards us, and I thought to myself, that's Samson coming towards us. Because all I could see was something shimmering in the sun, glaring off the snow, and I, I was like, what is that? I just saw this guy walking like this, and I was telling this to Wendy when she was standing there at my father's viewing, and I said, your brother was walking over, and he was carrying the car hood of a 66 Impala, and I, he walked over, and he slammed it down right in front of us, and I said, Rock, what is that? And he goes, it's a car hood. What does it look like? I said, oh, I know it's a car hood, but what do he goes, Jump on. He goes, let's see if it works. And about 12 of us rode down that hill on that Chevy Impala car hood. Best sled I ever had in my life. I mean, we had a great time. It was the paint side down. I mean, we went down that hill. That's the way Samson was, the energy that God gave him. But I also see that in his accomplishments, he was extraordinary because of his enemies, that Samson was always battling these people known as the Philistines. That's kind of interesting because... I, I was doing some reading this week, but Samson actually ended up being around three women in his life, and those women were Philistine women. Like He married into the family that he was always fighting with. Anybody else fight with your family? No, don't raise your hand. But, but, but here he was that, that, that he was battling against these Philistines. Why? Because he was trying to prevent the Philistines from capturing control of Israel. So he was extraordinary in his energy and against his enemies. I mean, at one time, this man picked up the jawbone of a donkey and killed 1,000 of these Philistines. And, and it was, he was just extraordinary. In his evidences, he proved that he was a man of God. Well, how did he do that? The Spirit of God. 
I mean, even the passage we just read, his final act of his life, he says, can you just get me to the post? And his prayer was, God, if you could just empower me one last time. I wonder today in your life, do you seek God's power in your life? Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to get behind that sacred desk this morning if I don't have God's power on my life. But can I tell you, that's not just for the preacher. It's for every child of God. Is we need God's power. Samson asked for it. And look, in the New Testament era that we live in, we have the privilege. Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And he says, and I will not leave you comfortless. God allowed his Holy Spirit. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Everywhere we go, the Holy Spirit is with us. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But in the Old Testament times, the Holy Spirit wasn't in a permanent indwelling presence yet. And I want you to see one of these instances. Look in your notes there in Judges 15, 14, where the Bible says, When he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. Look at the words. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loose from off his hands. I mean, you remember how many times they tried to bind this strong man, and he just went, you know? I mean, he just said, look, everything you try to do to me is useless because God's Holy Spirit is upon me. And it was evident that God's Holy Spirit was in his life, that it came mightily upon him at many times. So when I think about Samson, listen, there was great potential in his life. But notice, secondly, along with that potential came problems. We see in his life that as great as his strength was and his potential might have been, that Samson was a man faced with many spiritual problems. These spiritual weaknesses, they actually dominated his physical power. And because of that, this strong man in the Bible, he became one of the weakest strong men in the history of the world. Now that sounds like an oxymoron, but if you know the story of Samson, he was very strong, but he became very weak. And when I see this, I notice that as I studied, first of all, that he faced powerful adversaries. I mean, he battled the Philistines. Many believe Samson lived for about 40 years. 20 years of his life, he judged Israel. 20 years, he battled these people known as the Philistines, who many thought that they were his greatest enemy. But do you know that they're, if, if people think that, they're not actually accurate? Do you know who Samson's greatest enemy was? Samson. Do you know who your greatest enemy is? yourself. Every time I look in the mirror, I realize I'm looking at the problem. I'm the one. I can't blame it on my wife. I've tried that. Can't blame it on my children. They're just descendants from me. I think oftentimes, listen, I think we give the devil too much credit sometimes. Our, our flesh, our fleshly appetites, that's what, that's what led to his undoing, Samson's undoing. He gave into. he told his mom and dad, look, I've got to have one of the women of the Philistines. 
Instead of what God would have for him, he allowed his flesh to control his life. And because of that, just like Benjamin Franklin, he paid way too high a price. And it pains God to see his children paying too high of a price because of choices that we make. See, like Samson, many of us, we face powerful adversaries. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness. Our adversary, the devil, walketh about seeking whom he may. Jesus told Peter, he says, that he has a desire to sift you. The devil would love nothing more to, than to make you or me disappear in 2019. See, he faced powerful adversaries. Notice he also faced powerful attractions. Look at chapter 14 of the book of Judges, chapter 14. Look what it says in verse number 8. The Bible says here in verse number 8, And after a long time he returned to her and turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother and he gave them and they did eat. But he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So his father went down unto the woman and Samson made there a feast and for so used the young men to do. Notice that as a Nazarite, that he was a young man that just like us, he was supposed to be totally dedicated to the Lord. But you know what Samson was doing? He was living for himself. He was taking the vow that he had on his life for granted. He was being deceitful, lustful. He was proud, arrogant. I mean, you, you name it, Samson was all of it. He was bent on evil in his life, doing everything that he wasn't supposed to do because he, he faced powerful attractions. How about this? Look at this. He faced powerful addictions. Uh, by the end of his life, if you study it out, he was living a life, a, a, a total lifestyle of sin. Now, you have to remember, you don't just wake up one day and you're there. It's a spiral, a downward spiral. And, and we need to maybe, as we think about our lives, or maybe last year or in the past, we need to think about some of the things that are hindering our lives, that, that are stunting our growth for the Lord. Listen, as I go into this new year, I realize I'm going to face some powerful things. There's going to be an adversary, and there's going to be things that, that are going to attract us, and there are going to be things that oftentimes we're going to become addicted to. But can I tell you that we need to make sure that we're focused on the Lord this year. Samson had great potential, but he had tremendous problems in his life. But look at thirdly this morning, the product of his life. See, because of the sin in his life and his failure to control his fleshly desires, those impulses, Samson paid a terrific price. Look at the first one I see is the losses in his life. What are some of the things that, if we're not careful, that we could lose in our lives. Well, I'm going to give you straight from the passage this morning, and you make the application to your own life. The first thing I saw that he lost was his vision. He was blinded. And when I think about this, I mean, 
Certainly, he was not able to do the things that he should have been doing because he lost his sight. And I see that he lost his vision, but notice the second thing he lost was his vitality. This man was not only blinded, but he was binded. I mean, time and time again, uh, he, he had that strength, but when he disclosed the secret of that strength, he lost his vitality. He lost his vision. He lost his vitality. And then notice he lost his victory. He was forced to grind in the mill. You know what that is? That's humiliation. He was mocked. He was weak. He was a pitiful spectacle in front of those. See, the product of his life, the, the individual that had such great potential because of the problems in his life, he ended up losing some very valuable things in his life. I see the losses in his life, but then I also notice the lessons from his life. What can we take away from Samson's life? I mean, it's certainly this story this morning, the application, the direct Bible application is the life of Samson. But can I tell you that as I thought about this, and I thought about 2018 going into 2019, I said, Lord, what's something that I can take away from my life from the life of Samson. The first thing I see is a lesson about ridicule. That if we're going to live for the Lord, we are going to be ridiculed by the enemies of God. There's no doubt about it. If, if you're not being ridiculed by people, then there's a good chance you're probably not living for the Lord. I mean, because the Bible says that all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I don't get up and say, Lord, what can I do today to make the enemy mad? But I'm going to tell you this, that as I live for God, people are not going to like it. People are not going to like it at all. But I, I know that one lesson that I learned is, is that it's a lesson about ridicule. The second lesson that I learned from his life was a lesson about repentance. You see, when you think about Samson's life and some of the choices that he made, Samson certainly made some poor choices. But before Samson died, Samson did make things right with the Lord. Now, here's the sad thing about that is, I'm glad he did. There's been a lot of people that have made deathbed confessions. And it's better to do that than to not do that. But the sad reality is, is that it was a, a little too late to salvage much, much of anything for the Lord. That's why when I love to see children trust Christ as their Savior. You say, why, Pastor? Because when God gets a child's heart, He gets a whole life. You see, when I think about myself, I got saved at the age of 20, and I've said this before, if God gave me three score years, which is 60 years, one-third of my life was wasted to this world. I don't know how much longer any of us will have, but I want to make the most of every day God's given me. And, and I'm glad that he understood and he repented, and it's a lesson that we can learn. But the third lesson is a lesson about restoration, how that, that even though he had done what he did and he made the choices that he made, that he received his power back from the Lord before his life ended. 
And when I think about this man, I think about the potential. I think about the problems that he had, and I, certainly we all, because we're sinners, we all have problems. There's always going to be a product. Let me give you some application this morning about our lives. Let me talk to you first about, about the potential. I don't mean this in a bad way, but I, I don't know who you think you are this morning. But there's a good chance that you don't think that you're as, a, as of much value as God thinks you are. Because you are a child of God. That means every one of us has great potential to do something for the Lord. I know there are people in here that might even be thinking, well, yeah, but pastor, you know, at my age, what can I do? God doesn't look at age. I, I, you know, I think, of, I, I think of Caleb who said, give me this mountain. You know, he wasn't a spring chicken, folks. Sometimes I think of young people who say, well, you know, I haven't lived long enough. I, I really haven't had an opportunity. Then start today. When I think of the potential that's in this room, do, do you realize that when Jesus came and, and he began to call out his disciples, he didn't call millions of people, he called 12. Think of that, 12. And that 12 became 120, and the 120 became 5,000, and the 5,000, it just continued to multiply. Folks, listen, when you have one plus God, you have a majority. There's great potential this morning in all of our lives. And, and you know, you say, well, why is that? Because just like, uh, just like Samson, who had a, a birth that was extraordinary, can I tell you that your birth and mine is a miraculous birth too? Look what the Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Are you saved this morning? Amen. Yeah, that means you've been born again. From above, God has saved you, and God has given you a life to live for him. And there's great potential because of that. See, just like Samson, the child of God lives an extraordinary life because we've been redeemed from sin by the grace of God. We are indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God. We are privileged to hold. Do you know you hold the word of God in your hand this morning? How many of you realize that? That's God's word you're holding in your hand. That's not man's book. You are privileged this morning to have the Word of God and to be able to read it and be able to fellowship with God through prayer. Our lives are marked by many victories and many advantages. You know why? Because there's great potential in our lives this morning. How many of you realize that with God all things are possible? That means in your life. See, I see the potential of our lives, but then just like Samson, look at this the problems of our lives. You know what we do? We struggle because of ourselves, because of the flesh. Can I tell you this morning, don't give in to the world, the flesh, and the devil this year. Uh, realize the enemy is something that lies within us. We all face temptation and sin in our lives, 
But listen, that sin is something that comes from within. Look what James said. He said it this way, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth what? See, that's the end of it. And understand this morning that instead of uh, oftentimes living a life dedicated to the Lord, we're just like Samson. We live a life bent to sin. Instead of being wholly dedicated to the Lord, we have a natural tendency, instead of living on the victory side of life, we always want to go to the lowest of lows in life. Don't do it this year. Every man, the Bible says, does that which is right in his own eyes. What we have to do this year is we've got to guard our testimony for the Lord. See, the potential is great, but just like Samson, the problems are there. Let me talk to you just for a minute about the product, the product of our lives. Here's the one thing I thought about is when we live for the flesh, guess what's going to happen? Remember what Samson lost? His eyes. When we live for the flesh, here's what's going to happen is we're going to lose our vision for the Lord. See, people used to come to church every week. They used to come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They used to sing in the choir. They used to go soul winning. Why don't they anymore, Pastor? Because they've lost their vision for the Lord. They've lost their vision for the lost. They've lost their vision for the Word of God. Hey, listen, I'm excited. Next Sunday, December, uh, January 6th, is Vision Sunday. Uh, I've, God's been dealing with me about uh, the direction that He would have our church to go in this new year. I can't wait to share it with you. I can't wait to share what God's been giving me over these last months about the direction of our church. Listen, I want to make sure, because the Bible says, without vision, the people what? Perish. Perish. You know, there are people today that are heading to a Christless eternity. Do we care? Because if we care, then we need to try to reach them before it's eternally too late. But see, if we lose our vision like Samson did, we'll lose our vision for his word, for the house of God, for souls, for holy living. Low living carries with it a high price. Because here's what it does. When we live a low life, it's going to sap our spiritual strength and it's going to leave us just like it did Samson. It's going to leave us weak before the Lord. Somebody was sharing the other day and they, they said they were with a group of people at work and somebody, somebody said something and he says, well, I don't do that because I'm a Christian. And somebody else at the table said, oh, I'm a Christian too. And somebody sitting next to that person said, you are? Because of the way he was living his life, he was not a good example of how a Christian should live. He was living a low level of life. Nothing is more sad than a believer that's out of fellowship with the Lord, that has no joy, no peace. You see, when people are like that, they're not happy. They're miserable. Their lives are defeated, discouraged, demoralized. Sin, this is what, what it will do. Sin will literally grind us to powder. That's what sin does. So let me give you a few thoughts and we'll be done this morning. 
things that we can take into this new year. Listen to this first one. If we must endure persecution, and we will, until the Lord tarries and doesn't come back, until that time happens, we will be ridiculed for the Lord, but let us do so only for the cause of Christ and not for some foolish and sinful living. If we recognize the presence of evil in our lives, in other words, if there's something in your life that doesn't please God, that shouldn't be in your life, then, and then listen, the time to deal with that is now. When God shows that to you, when God, this morning, it, it, during the message, if the Holy Spirit shows you something in your life, don't push it away, don't suppress it, obey every impulse of the Holy Spirit of God, deal with it now before we're forced to pay like Samson did the ultimate price. And the Bible does say that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Here's a good thought this morning. Repentance can take place at any time. You can repent to the Lord at any time. Whatever you and I may lose to sin, spiritually speaking, can I tell you that the Lord can and will restore it? If we repent, he will restore us, just like he restored his, the, the strength back to Samson. However, we need to know that we will never gain back everything that we lose in the eyes of men. But I'm thankful this morning that if I go to God, that he can cleanse me, that God can still use me for his honor and for his glory. Hey, listen, did he not use Simon Peter? He used Simon. So this morning in this year, don't pay the high cost of low living. If things in your life are not where they be, need to be, then come to the Lord. Ask the Lord to help you and forgive you. I love the passage of, uh, of the prodigal son. Remember how he took his father's money and he went and wasted it on riotous living? And the Bible records in that passage in Luke 15 these words, he arose and came to his father, and when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. When his father saw him, I guarantee you, he probably did not look like the son that left. Because you know what sin does? It leaves the marks on us. But when the father saw him, he had compassion. Aren't you glad for the compassion of God? That he loved us while we were yet sinners. He saw him and had compassion on him, and he ran to him. Wherever you're at today, when you decide to turn away from that sin, guess who's waiting? God. And he's not only waiting, but he's going to run to you. And the Bible says he ran and he fell on his neck and kissed him. He fell on his neck and kissed him. How many of you need a kiss from God today? Yeah. The high cost of low living. I love this thought somebody said years ago. Listen to this. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. You ever paid more for something than it was really worth? In 2019, you don't have to do that if you keep your eyes on the Lord.
my strength cometh from the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this admonition from the life of Samson. Lord, may we take away the good and leave the bad. Lord, help us to have a great new year. Lord, help us to not pay the high price of low living. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.